Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's been shot six times, Halloweenies. He's been burned alive, Halloweenies. He's lost his head, Halloweenies. Michael Myers can't and won't be stopped, which is why he returns this October. In anticipation, the Consequence Podcast Network presents Halloweenies, a limited series that carves out one Halloween movie a month, leading all the way up to the October 19th release of David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's new movie. You'll get tricks. You'll get treats. You'll get Michael. Tune in for the night we came home. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from right now, hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with these interviews. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Aaron Desner. You know him from The National. Uh, lately, you might know him from Big Red Machine. That's his new collaboration with Justin Vernon. In fact, we're going to talk about that record and its ties to a much bigger project he's involved with called People. It's a collective. It's an online streaming service. It's a really, really cool art project, and he's going to describe every bit of it for you. Uh, with a name like Big Red Machine, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Cincinnati Reds baseball, and we'll also get an update from the National, because next year just happens to be their 20th anniversary. It's Kyle Meredith with Aaron Desner. Hey, Kyle, it's Aaron. I thought I'd start, you know, your your publicist, when, when she set this up and everything, she asked a question right at the end, and she said, and let me know if you have any questions about people. And I thought, well, that's a yeah. hell of a question to begin with. Do I have questions about people? This is certainly endlessly but that's not what she was getting at in fact there is a different kind of people and it's all capitalized and i thought that'd be a good place to start because that's sort of where all of this starts right yeah i mean i think um it's been there's this you know this artist collective that we've been sort of is a is an energy that's been around for a long time you know in our community and in justin's community and just this sort of the reality the truth behind music is that it's rarely a solitary genius in the bedroom making music you know it's almost always the product of a group of people or a community of people and i've found 
over many years that, that music, making music, making art, trying to find a sustainable life and all of this that's not, you know, where, you, where you're not making big compromises, where you're not sort of signing your your rights away or, or kind of getting involved with corporate interests. It, like it's, it Basically, it's very helpful to have a community around you and, and to collaborate and to be generous with others and they're generous with you and to have alchemy with folks. And we've sort of found over many years of working and knowing each other, not just Justin and I, but a large community of people, that, that there's something missing in the music industry, which is kind of a place for open collaboration between musicians without the kind of pressure of branding it or or touring for three years or taking a band photo or kind of going through the promotional bottleneck that you have to go through if you're kind of doing the conventional record release and so that's how people came about and people is essentially it's a it's a publishing platform. It's a sort of a, you know, for lack of a better word, it is a kind of streaming service, a home for everything from very raw improvised music that, you know, I could record, I could, you know, I could sit here with my guitar right now and put a microphone up and record while I'm talking to you and then put it up on people if I wanted to, or, you know, everything from that all the way to like a very composed developed record, like big red machine, which is kind of, you know, um, and everything in between. And I think we just wanted to try to create a a new kind of frame for this kind of energy and also just co-working amongst it's very, it's very easy to share credit and share revenue you know, it's a, it's a, it exists right now as a website um, where you can go listen to tons of music, and eventually it'll be an application. And it's not meant to to replace anything, or it's not really even a reaction against anything. It's it's more just something we felt was missing. And you know, how do you recreate the feeling of looking around a weird record store and finding stuff that you're interested in, not because some al- some algorithm is telling you to listen to it. So, or a weird radio station for, for, for that matter. You know, there's, there's a quote somewhere where you, and maybe the press release where you're saying with this, as you're talking about right now, it, you, you see the process of making work and showing it all openly. And I thought, you know, a lot of artists or maybe not, but it, it would seem like a lot of artists would run away with this because in a sense, it might take away from the mystique, you know, that, that, that music has allowed, you know, through the ages. And, and I thought also it doesn't, it doesn't take away from that mystique at all. And I didn't know if that was on your mind at all for this. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I think I came up, you know, like my first exposure to rock and roll and like any kind of mythical legendary rock and roll stuff, you know, was the Grateful Dead and the Grateful Dead, the way you where you know, when I got into the Grateful Dead, it was in the early 80s when I was like you know eight nine years old ten years old and it was we were getting these like seventh generation bootlegs on cassette tape and there was definitely like you know good quality bootlegs and also for the performances that were really transcendent and then I got into jazz and I got into you know a lot of music that was more spontaneous and where you would I kind of always liked to hear the the mistakes and the kind of like people talking or you know weird uh stuff and and then i think with like as the national became a band and and the way we kind of came up it just was never part of our vocabulary we would we would obsessively make these records and you know spend a lot of time in the studio and and um and perfect them in some ways but i think it was always there like this feeling of my brother and i always enjoyed playing improvised music and justin vernon and his community they definitely like come from a place of 
just, you know, deep, you know, versatile musicians that enjoy not always being so prepared or so, you know, like I think, you know, when you travel around with a rock, we've been touring in the national for almost 20 years. And after a while, it does become kind of like Groundhog Day. Like what city are we in? And here we are playing our songs again. And, you know, and it's, it can be hard to change them when you're just exhausted and you're kind of like on the fly. So having an outlet for just this, everything in between and, and to show more process, like even, you know, I, I think some of this energy will even filter back into the band, you know, it's like, um, and it did already with, you know, Sleep Well Beast, because that was kind of, we, we did the Day of the Dead project, the crazy six hour, mm-hmm. you know, tribute to the dead as part of this charity record. And because and we had worked with Bob Weir and, you know, we we're all kind of like, not maybe not Matt, but the rest of us really love that music. And um, that energy kind of did already filter back into the band. But I think, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with making a very polished record. And there is something important about that to like it to achieve. But I also think there's a lot lost you know if you ask any artist like what's on your what's on your hard drive or where, what are those tapes in the corner there usually there's something really interesting there and every project that i've ever done working with musicians a lot of times it's the fragments that end up being the most important things the idea that they didn't think was special might actually be the thing that evolves into something really transcendent you know and so i think we're just trying to create more of a frame for that and also to to encourage people to work together and to be open you know and then there and of course this is already happening in a lot of communities naturally but there isn't necessarily a home for it and you see and for sure the streaming services are not built to show context in a three-dimensional way so if you go on you know apple or spotify you can't tell who's playing the drums or maybe they're starting to roll out credits but like i don't with database functionality it's so easy to have all that metadata there and i think it's a little bit lost as far as the you know the medium like i i actually as a listener i use that would be my favorite thing was to read bob dylan's essay on the back of a vinyl or whatever while i'm listening and i think um it's so easy to do. So we've just created kind of a, a frame for that. And, um, and it's fun. Like, so this big red machine project is really the first record that was made for this platform. And it kind of like was, it was just a lot of fun to embrace the kind of process. And, and um, it feels as exciting to me as any other record I've ever made, but it does feel different because it had this kind of different frame. Yeah, and I'd like to hear about that, too, because you, you said it before, too. You said this feels like something new. You know, as a listener, when I get it, of course, what I hear is a song from people that I love, and, and there's the song, you know? Yeah. But but as you're yeah. talking about the process, like, how is this something new? What is it about Big Red Machine that inevitably does make it different from the way you would normally do an album? You I mean, you're right. There is, there is you know, on a, on a very elemental level or a simple level, it's still you know, musicians writing, writing songs together. And, and there's still, you know, you hear alchemy, you know, the same alchemy and big red machine as you might hear in something else or in the national or whatever. But <clears throat> I think um, the way we went about it, where we didn't have a plan to be a band, we didn't have a plan to release a record. We just, just there like sitting by a fire upstate in my you know, my house and because we're friends and talking to other friends. And then we, you know, we're talking about people because it was a couple of months after the first Berlin residency that we did in 2016, where, which is kind of where this all came from. Um, but, and, and we're just 
basically I started playing some music I'd been working on and he says, well, why don't we put up some microphones and mess around? And that was the beginning of Big Red Machine. But what happened was we still didn't say, oh, let's, let's call it Big Red Machine and make an album. But then we decided, well, why don't we just, we'll do this for fun when we're in the same place. So when we were at Eau Claire last summer or in, in Haven in Copenhagen and then in Cork, Ireland, it sounds from a safe harbor, each place we just got up and played an improvised concert where we were kind of performing these sketches in front of people, basically writing songs in front of people. And it was something that we had been experimenting with at Eau Claire and, and, and at, you know, at the people residency in, in Berlin and in other places, like kind of taking down that wall of like, presentation where it's like allowing people in on the kind of you know workshop in a sense and so that's how we wrote these songs it's kind of through performance and then after the fact we did gather mostly at Long Pond my studio in upstate New York and some at April Basin we worked on the songs a lot more but then at some point we sent them to 30 friends you know and we just sent we, we made rough mixes and we sent notes with all the lyrics and just sent them sent them out and like in every so 30 friends musicians of all kinds sort of worked on them and sent us contributions which we then sort of like edited and played with and processed and sculpted into the into the record so it felt i mean it's not not totally dissimilar from how maybe some other records are made but this from the beginning it was never really about like we're the band you know we're gonna write we're gonna make this we're gonna be the the big red machine it was really always going to be this sort of communal effort but at the core of it there's still a strong idea and a strong you know sound and whatever it has it does have a a thread Uh, but it just to me it feels it has this sort of wild communal energy that feels really i don't know just refreshing and and it's such an interesting idea and and to see the way that the songs still come out I mean, it could have been one of those too many cooks in the kitchen scenario, but I never get that feeling from any of the songs. And, you know, even the variations and styles, like uh, I'll bring up uh, uh, Lila. Uh, uh, I mean, it's got a bit of a hip-hop yep. feel to it. Even, even uh, like, I can I can hear even specifically like a Kendrick sort of feel to, you know, what's going on with that one. Yeah, I mean, that, that one is, um, it's actually based, there's a, a drum loop sometimes brian devendorf from the national sends me drum loops that he made in his basement on his iphone <laughs> like when he's just hanging out and it's in seven so it's in sort of a, an odd meter but um and then i wrote the music to it and um and i it just never it just was sort of something i, I was excited about and i played it with, for justin it was kind of the thing that most excited him and um at first and and then jt bates the drummer who plays on the record he's this amazing jazz drummer who plays a lot of different stuff but he you know he just like unloads on it and it just was it got really exciting from the beginning um but i think it goes to different places so at first yeah it has this kind of like hip-hop energy maybe but then later it kind of becomes almost baroque or Mm -hmm. something then it uh, on its way out and uh, and phoebe bridger's uh, Brad Cook, who is um, was there and is, plays a lot on the record and helped to sort of produce it. He he was out in L.A. and like played it for Phoebe in the studio, and she improvised to Justin's improvised vocal in the bridge, you know. And so it had, but they sound almost it sounds composed. And I don't think there's not like really. I never have the feeling about with this stuff as too many cooks in the kitchen. It just sounds 
like it just I don't know it just sticks to the alchemy of people together it's just really exciting to me in this in this way and I think there was a lot that we didn't use also but I think the stuff that we did use it just feels um feels fun but these songs we've been playing them live a little bit and they, they can take different shape they can also be very stripped back you know which is fun to play them we, we sometimes we do it just the two of us also is there a bit of um I don't know, self-awareness, inside joking to the uh, lyrics to gratitude, because when, when Justin comes on and says, you know, I better not fuck this up, we better not fuck this up. <laughs> I don't know if that was in reference to what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny, I haven't actually asked him that question. That's a good point, though. Maybe that is, uh, there is some, like, self-awareness. But I, I think it was also, he's he thinks a lot about sound and, like, certain things just click in his brain, and he probably, it just, just felt like it had always been there, you know. So it's something about it. It's really fun to do that one live. It kind of like blows the roof off. Of course, you know, I, I do want to bring up that that name because Big Red Machine. I, I have to imagine is in reference to Cincinnati and 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 the Reds. Yeah, it's like dubious uh, Cincinnati Reds mythology, but really, it's you know because Bryce and I, my brother and I, were born in 1976, which of course is the year that. The right. second year in a row that the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series, that they beat the Yankees that year, and and um, we grew up. You know, we were at the game where Pete Rose broke Ty Cobb's hit record, and and sort of our literally our our bedroom. We shared a room growing up until we were, went to college, and and on the walls there was like Cincinnati Reds memorabilia, literally of the Big Red Machine. So when I wrote, <clears throat> we were making Dark Was the Night in 2008 which is this other charity record for red hot that um that we made and we invited justin i invite i wrote him on myspace actually and <laughs> it was right after forema had you could still do that at that time um it was after forema had come out and we were touring on boxer and in a way we were you know deeper into what we were doing in terms of just having been on tour for many years and et cetera. And he was very gracious and sent back the song bracket, Wisconsin, um, like in two weeks or something. And, and we were just like, wow, like, I guess he's in a, he's in a prolific mode. Maybe we could like write a song or something. And so I recorded some music on a piano and I, when you make a new Pro Tools file, you have to call it something. So I like, I named them all kinds of things. And actually a lot of the big red machine song titles are actually just my sketch titles, like deep green and forest green. And there's another one that we didn't finish called infinite green. And, but anyway, so I, the, the, the back then I just called it big red machine. Cause I was probably thinking about, you know, whatever my childhood. And, and um, then he wrote a song to it and he interpreted it. the big red machine as a heart. There's sort of this heart imagery and the lyrics of that song. And that was really the first, we had never met in person. It was like the first collaboration. So it felt like when we were going to do this, it just made sense that we call it big red machine. And then the cover of the record is actually like a heart amulet, like an ancient sort of image of what they thought a heart looked like. It's all kind of, you know, but yeah. I have no, I do, I do love the, 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 like, you know, the big red machine Cincinnati Reds mythology, but it is funny that a lot of them turned out to be kind of bad guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like take and take it with a grain of salt. Is there any kind of a uh, baseball rivalry between, between you and Justin? Because I, I would, I would guess probably he's probably like a twins or a brewers fan. Yeah. I don't get like, it's funny cause he's a huge basketball fan and a football fan. But I don't get the feeling that his that he's a huge uh, baseball fan. Although his dad is like um, an arbitrator for for 
baseball actually i think for a while but he's um he yeah we haven't had that discussion but i think he's he's like ohio it's funny because i say everyone from wisconsin is just like a nicer version like they're that much nicer the further west you go so but like it is still the mid we're all still midwestern so well we of course we've got the farm league for uh for the reds too so did, we're, I'm, I'm connected at least in that way you know we've got the bats down okay there, so. it's true Um, So what's what's the further plans for people? I mean, you've talked about, you know, having the concerts in the past. Are there going to be more of those? Is this going to keep going further? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's not it's we want it to grow far away from us and to be very soon. It shouldn't feel like it's led by us. You know, I think it should feel like a true collective and it should grow artist to artist into diverse corners far away from us and it's already happened i think there's like 800 contributors already on the on people and it's only been two months or something so um and there's almost i think like close to a thousand people a day are signing up to like listen and you know so it's definitely has a weird energy to it and um i my hope is that 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 it, it creates new kinds of music you know like new kinds of and already i've had so many experiences you know that i wouldn't have had not just big red machine like you know at the people festival in berlin last week i was you know i would be playing very experimental music sort of textural noise in one room and then go into another room and get to play with a chamber orchestra and then go into another room and i'm writing songs with singers i love and you know it's just and all that stuff can become can live on this on this platform and then it can also publish out so the idea is not to be in opposition to anything like spotify or apple it's actually kind of like in 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 sort of concert with them where we can publish to those platforms also and kind of enrich them with whatever is being made and you know so it's it's a very it's a it's a good i just feel like it's a healthy development in music and we've had a lot of support from wonderful people like to jaguar who's you know they're secretly canadian jagger or mm-hmm. just they're the label that justin's been on with pony bear and they've just been really supportive and helping us figure this out and and you know they put out the big red machine record on physical like, so you can buy it as vinyl and and uh help us get it out everywhere and 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 it's really it's just a kind of a fun thing so I hope it just I hope it grows, but slowly, but also far away from us is the idea. I mean, what you've done with your career, by the way, has been so much fun to watch because, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they get their band, they do their thing and that's it. And, and the way you sort of just find all of these things to, to branch out into, you know, with, whether it's whether it's, you know, beyond the national, something like this and people and film scores and the collaborations and, and everything to go there. We, I, lo- I love watching what you do and hearing what you do. Um, thank you so much. It's definitely, it's been very fun. I don't know. Like, it's not like, don't really have any special plan about that. It just kind of stuff happens. And I think, again, if you're sort of open and like playing music, uh, as opposed, I don't know, like we, we've never been the type to sort of sit on our hands and be in love with something we did before. It's sort of like, well, we did that. So, I mean, it's funny. I talked to just like, Justin doesn't love to talk about music really because he'd prefer just to make new music. And I understand that, you know, it's like, um, and I think that's how I feel a lot too, is just like keep moving because we're lucky to have the opportunity to, to do this and, and also help other people have outlets and have opportunities. So that's also why we try to like especially this people project is really about giving other people a outlet that might come up in 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 sort of competition with uh something else because your past is going to start being in those big round numbers i mean you mentioned earlier 
you know, the national uh, turning uh, yeah. 20 years old. Well, that's next year, right? I mean, suddenly, the, you know, it, it's yeah. going to be a lot of this stuff where people are going to be asking you about those big round numbers. Um, with that in mind, I mean, do you, do you guys think you're going to be celebrating 20 years? Is that part of moving forward, looking back? Yeah, I mean, we, we're not big fans. I mean, actually, we had a great time performing Boxer in its entirety because that record actually really works like that. And then we there, we were even joking as we, we were like, well, maybe we should just do all the records like that when their when their birthday comes up. But I don't know. We already missed Alligator's birthday, I guess. But I think um, the band is actually really healthy. We're kind of working a lot also. Like, there's been a lot of music, a lot of new music being made with the band and Matt is in a very like energetic place with stuff right now and and the shows have been really fun this year. So um I don't know. I think I, I kinda think we need to we all have little kids and stuff, so I think there's not we have to be careful how much we tour at this point. So we I think we'd rather do really special things and less of it or something. Mm-hmm. Um so but make a lot of music and, and just enjoy it while we can. I mean some of those bands they've done that, you know, not done the tour, just did I mean remember doing the Pearl Jam twenty, you know, it was just one show or one weekend, whatever it was. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I'll definitely I'll, I'll keep it in mind for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I know it's hard, as you said, to look back, especially if you're already being excited about new music. Um, I'm always certainly excited about new music from you guys, so I will not ever complain yeah. about that. And what, uh, I'll end with, you know, what, what else is on the books for you uh, outside of that? Do you have any other big projects on the way that we can look forward to? Yeah, I mean, there's the studio that we have in upstate New York, Long Pond, uh, which is where I live. It's near Hudson, New York, and there's just so many great musicians coming through there and making records and stuff. So there's a bunch of stuff that's like being made and um, feels really exciting. And but I, you know, I won't mention anything specific. But there's just you know, some of it's part of the people kind of collective, and some of it's just like records that'll come out. But um, just excited to have that space and and be working. But but yeah, it's just we actually recently did a help to we wrote the music and the songs for an adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac for theater that's sort of being test run in Connecticut but it seems like it's going to like go on and have a life and that's that was pretty much of a, 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 a trip because I'd never really thought about that it was an interesting challenge and really fun actually so we did my brother I and Matt worked on that and kind of excited to see what happens with it oh man well we'll all be, be listening yeah. and be waiting and I uh, appreciate it Aaron for taking the time to talk today and, uh, and go over this. And, and you know, congratulations you. on this, man. People is really one of the coolest projects out there, and we're really loving Big Red Machine, too. Amazing. Thanks so much for supporting it. All right, man. We'll see you around whenever you get back cool. down here. Cool. <laughs> for sure. Take care. All right, bye. Yeah. Hey, big thank you to Aaron Desner for that call right now. That Big Red Machine album, self-titled, it is out now. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening from right now so you can keep up with these interviews. We do publish uh, multiple ones every single week, whether it's YouTube or, uh, or the podcast version, iTunes, Podchaser, wherever you get in from, subscribe there as well. And then uh, give it a rating. Leave a review. That's a big help to us every single time. After that, you can head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. You'll also find some bonus episodes of this series over there. I'm Kyle Meredith. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.